لأن القرآن من الله وما كان من الله فليس بمخلوق هكذا قال مالك بن أنس وأحمد بن حنبل رحمهم الله والفقهاء قبلهما وبعدهما والمراء فيه كفر And there's some slight variations in some of the uh, different printed versions here. For example, that last phrase, as it has here, وَمِنْ قَبْلِهِمَا مِنَ الْفُقَهَاءِ وَمَنْ بَعْدَهُمَا So there's some slight variations in the wording there. And likewise, near the beginning, وَالْقُرْآنُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَتَنْزِيلُهُ وَنُورُهُ وَلَيْسَ مَخْلُوقًا In some of the versions it has Obviously the meaning is exactly the same Grammatically both With the same exact meaning The saying of Imam al-Barbahari Rahimahullah And the Quran Is the speech of Allah His revelation And light It is not created Because the Quran Is from Allah And that which is from Allah is not created. This is what was stated by Malik ibn Anas and by Ahmad ibn Hanbal and by the jurists who came before them and after them. And disputation concerning it is disbelief. Shaykh al-Fawzan, hafizahullah, he said in explanation. His saying, وَالْقُرْآنُ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ وَتَنْزِيلُهُ وَنُورُهُ وَلَيْسَ مَخْلُوقًا And the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. And his revelation, Saddam, and light. And it is not created. Shaykh al-Fawzan said, from the i'tiqad, from the creed and belief of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah, is that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. He spoke with it in reality. And Jibreel heard it from him. And he descended with it to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. No one disagreed about this aqidah, this creed and belief. No one from the people of knowledge who proceeded upon the sunnah of Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And you will not find anyone who is upon the sunnah disagreeing about this creed here. That the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, He spoke with it, haqiqatan, in reality. And Jibreel heard it from Him, and Jibreel heard it from Allah the Most High. And then He descended with it to Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No one, absolutely no one, Disagreed with this aqidah from the people of ilm, from the people of knowledge, those who proceeded upon the sunnah of Allah's Messenger. The only ones who disagreed about it were the people of misguidance from the Jahmiyyah, the followers of Al Jaham ibn Safwan. And the Afrakh, the chicks or the offspring of the Jahmiyyah. Who are the Mu'tazila of the original ones, the Jahmiyyah. They disagreed. And then their offshoots, 
the Mu'tazira. They disagreed about this belief. And the Zaydiyah and the Shia. The Zaydiyah, a specific sect of the Shia, and the Shia in general. All of those people took up this matter from the Jahmiyyah. In all of these sects just mentioned there, they took their false belief about this from the Jahmiyyah. And likewise, Al-Ibadiyyah, this branch of the Khawarij, the Ibadiyyah, all of them proceeded upon the methodology which contradicts the methodology of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah. And they held that the Qur'an is something created. All of those deviant sects hold that the Qur'an is a created thing. Makhluk, something created, part of the creation. Because in their view, Allah is not to be described as speaking. Just as He is not described with the attribute of hearing or seeing, or knowing, or willing. And other than that, in their view. Nor is he described, obviously all of this in their, in their view, in those deviant sects, nor is he described as having a wedge, having a face, or having two hands, to other than that. In a whole... A, load of, a whole list of attributes that they deny, they negate. Then Sheikh Fazan makes a very important point that what do they intend by this? Attributes very clearly affirmed in the texts of the Book of the Sunnah, they come and they negate them, they deny them. <coughs> so, what is their intention doing so? Sheikh said. And their intent in this is to corrupt the aqidah, the creed and belief. Their intent is to corrupt the belief. Even if they try to make it seem that their intent is actually Tanzihullah. Obviously they can't say what they actually intend by it. So they give a false pretext. Which is that they'll you'll see that they say it's Tanzih. To declare the Creator free from resemblance. That's the excuse that they bring. Why do they deny this attribute and that attribute and that, this attribute and that attribute? They say, for Tanzih, to declare Allah, the Majestic and Most High, free from, from any resemblance to the created beings. So that's their excuse. They say what we want is to, to perform Tanzih, declare the Creator free of any resemblance. That's why we negate any of these attributes, because... The creation have attributes. If we affirm attributes for the creator as well, it will, it will mean resemblance. So we, de- we negate all of these attributes for the creator. Sheikh Al-Fawzan said, and this is za'mun batil. This is a false claim. Because the attributes of the Lord, the perfect, do not resemble the attributes of the created beings. Meaning that there is no resemblance between the attributes of the Creator and the attributes of the creation. There's no need, no need at all to negate and deny attributes for the Creator to avoid resemblance, because there is no resemblance. So he said, 
the attributes of the Lord, the perfect, do not resemble the attributes of the created beings. So the Lord, the majestic and most high, has names, asma, and attributes, sifat, which befit him and his greatness. And the created beings have names and attributes, characteristics, which are appropriate for them and for their human nature. So there is no resemblance between the two types. There's no resemblance, resemblance between the attributes of the Creator and the attributes of the creation. <coughs> from the aspect of the Haqiqah and the Kayfiyah, from the aspect of the full reality, true reality, and of the how. In regard to how the full reality of the attributes and how the attributes are, there's no resemblance between the attributes of the Creator and those of the creation. Even though they share in the meaning and the wording. In the attributes of Allah, the Most High is hearing and his seeing and so on and so forth. And the attributes of the creation, the creation of hearing, the creation of seeing. And they share with regard to the meaning and the wording. Same word of the attribute. And hearing means hearing. And seeing means seeing. However, the seeing of the Creator is not like the seeing of the creation. The hearing of the Creator which is true and real hearing, is not like the hearing of the weak creation. So as the Sheikh said, so even though they share in the meaning and the wording, and this is called al-mutawati' different things which are covered by a common word. They're both covered, they're both covered by a common word. However, they do not share in the reality and in the kafiya and in how they are. In the full reality and in how they are, they do not share. The attributes of the Creator and the attributes of the creation. This is the position of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And their proof for this is from the Book of Allah. Then Shaykh Barzan goes on to mention some of the evidences. He said, obviously, specifically here, referring to the attribute, there's some discussion here, the attribute of Al Kalam. The speech of Allah the Most High. So he quotes the ayah. وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِّنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ اسْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ Surah Tawbah, the ninth surah, ayah 6. With the explanation, And if anyone from the people of shirk seek, if anyone from the people of shirk seeks that you grant him protection, then grant him protection. So that he can hear the speech of Allah. Shaykh Fazan said, So he ascribed Al Kalam, he ascribed speech, meaning Allah the Most High in the ayah, <coughs> he ascribed speech to himself, he the perfect and most high. And he said, with regard to the munafiqeen, with regard to the hypocrites, Yuriduna and Yubaddilu Kalam Allah. Surah Al-Fatih, the 48th Surah, Ayah 15, with the explanation that they wish to alter the speech of Allah. Shaykh Fazan said, so he ascribed it to himself, Allah Most High in that ayah, 
again ascribed speech to himself. And the proofs from the Sunnah and from the Ijma, the consensus of this Ummah, this nation, are many for this matter. So it is a matter of certainty without there being any doubt. And the disagreement of the people of misguidance does not affect it. It does not affect the fact that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. And it, I mean the Qur'an, is one instance of his speech, he the perfect. The Qur'an is one instance of Allah's speech, it's not the only speech of Allah. It's one instance of Allah's speech. So Allah speaks and He continues to speak whenever He wishes, if He wishes, with whatever He wishes. He has the attribute of kalam, of speech. And this Qur'an is one of the instances of the speech of Allah. So He spoke with the Torah. And he spoke with the Injil and with the Zabur. He speaks with commands and with prohibitions. He says to something, Kun, be, and it is. Innama amruhu idha arada shay'an an yaqula lahu kun fayakun. Surah Yaseen, 36 Surah, Ayah 82. With the explanation, his command command of Allah the Most High when he wills something is just that he says to it be and it is kun be and it is Sheikh Bazan said so he affirmed for himself al-qawl saying he affirmed sayings for himself yaqul an yaqula lahu kun fayakul that he says to it, be, and it is. إِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى Surah Ali Imran, the third surah, ayah 55. With the explanation, when Allah said, <coughs> O Isa, Shaykh Hassan is quoting this, and a further proof for this, he said, we have further proof that Allah the Most High speaks. He said, and he spoke to Musa, with speech which Musa heard when he sent him to Fir'aun, sent him to the Pharaoh. So Allah the Majestic and Most High has the attribute of kalam, of speech. And from his speech is the Honorable Qur'an. As for the saying of the people of misguidance, that it's being ascribed to Allah, that the Qur'an being described as, as a speech of Allah. They have a de- the deviance. They explain it otherwise, as the Shaykh said. As for the saying of the people of misguidance, that it's being ascribed to him, it's being ascribed to Allah, is ascribing a created thing to its creator. And that's what the people of deviation say. They say the Qur'an, when we say the Qur'an is a speech of Allah, it means the Qur'an is a created thing, Created by Allah. So the speech of Allah means speech created by Allah. That's what they say. 
The Shaykh said, like Naqat Allah, the she camel of Allah, or Baytullah, the house of Allah. I say the same thing applies with regard to these phrases, the she camel of Allah, the house of Allah. They say the same rule applies with regard to the speech of Allah. I mean speech created by Allah. Shaykh Fazan says, so we say, this is a lie, and it is a deception. And he clarifies how this is the case. He said, that which is ascribed to Allah is of two categories. The first category is ascription of ma'anin, ascription of abstract things or attributes. Something like that. Ma'anin. The first thing is ascribing the abstract things or attributes, something like that. The meaning will become clear, inshallah. The second category is ascribing material objects. The first category, non-material objects. Abstract things or attributes, ascribing those to Allah. That's the first category of things which are ascribed to Allah. The such and such of Allah, when it's an attribute. The second category of things that are ascribed to Allah are ascribing material objects. Then Shaykh Fazan explains each of these. First explain the first of them. Al-Ma'ani, abstract things or attributes which are ascribed to Allah. Then this is to ascribe an attribute to the one who, who has the attribute. And it is a true and real ascription. So this will be from his attributes. And he says such as speech and hearing and seeing. In other words, so when he said the speech of Allah, speech is an attribute. So when he says the speech of Allah, it means the speech, the attribute of the one who has the attribute, Allah. Hearing, seeing, these are attributes. Being ascribed to the one who has those attributes. Allah the Most High, the hearing of Allah, the seeing of Allah, the speech of Allah. So that's the first category of things. Ascription of attributes to the one who possesses them. And he said, with regard to the second category of things which are ascribed to Allah. Ascribing objects, such as the she-camel, and the house, I mean the Kaaba, the house of Allah. This is ascription of a created thing to the one who created it. And it is an ascription of tashrif, to show honor. In that thing, in other words, that thing that's being ascribed to Allah, Allah, the house of Allah, the Kaaba is a created thing. So it's the house which is created, being ascribed to its creator. The reason it's being ascribed to him is to show honor to that thing. Likewise, the she-camel, a created thing, <coughs> being ascribed to its creator, to show honor to that she-camel, the she-camel of Allah. And the she-camel created by Allah, to show honor to that she-camel. So this is the second category of things that are ascribed to Allah. Objects, which are created. The Shaykh said, having clarified these two categories here, but those people, those tricky people who try and say the speech of Allah means speech created by Allah, those people, they have mixed up these two matters and they do not make a distinction between this and this. Two clearly different things. They mix them together for their own reasons. The Shaykh said, they mix these two matters together 
and we do not do not make a distinction between this and this. And therefore, the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah state this matter in the books of creed and beliefs to refute the people of misguidance. This matter is stated here that the Quran is the speech of Allah, so on and so forth, to refute those people. Then the Shaykh said, and if Allah did not have speech, I mean, if what those people said were true, that when we say the Quran is the speech of Allah, it just means it's something created. It's just something within the creation, created by Allah, speech created by Allah. It doesn't literally mean that he has, he has speak, speech or he speaks. The Shaykh said, and if Allah did not have speech, as those people claim, then how does he command and prohibit? How does Allah command and prohibit then? And the meaning of this, and here Shaykh is, the Shaykh is getting into the underlying reason of the, the evil of what they're actually denying here. He said, then how does he command and prohibit? And the meaning of this would be that the, the Islamic rulings are nullified. In the, all the Islamic laws, that what Allah, Allah the Most High has commanded, what he has forbidden, but according to them, Allah the Most High does not speak. So how does, he, how does he order, how does he forbid them? So the Islamic rulings fall down. And it undermines the main foundation. And it is the Qur'an. Because those people say the Qur'an is just something created, just part of the creation. But Shaykh said, so this undermines the main foundation, which is the Qur'an. So if this fundamental is undermined, then Islam would collapse. In the Qur'an, on their saying, the Qur'an is just something created, just a part of the creation. So it's like rulings fall down, Allah's commands and prohibitions fall away. Allah doesn't actually command, doesn't actually prohibit. And the Qur'an is just a, just a created thing. Then that falls away. Then the whole of Islam will fall down. However, they take cover under the claim of tanzih. Under the claim of declaring Allah free from resemblance to creation. I mean, why do they deny the Qur'an is a speech of Allah? Because they don't say we do it to undermine Islam, undermine Islam, undermine the Islamic rulings and so forth. They say we do it for tanzih, to declare Allah free of resemblance to creation. The Shaykh said, but this is not tanzih. This is not declaring the Creator free from resemblance to creation. Rather, it is ta'atil. It is not tanzih. It is ta'atil. Just purely stripping him of attributes. Just pure negating and denying attributes. That's all it is. They deny that Allah speaks. They deny that Allah has a face. They deny that Allah hears, etc., etc. It's just denying attributes when purely. Nothing positive in it at all. And the said, and there is a difference between ta'atil, denying attributes, and between tanzi, and between declare him, declaring him free from resemblance. Then the Shaykh said, and this is a very important point which you always bear in mind, because this is a, the like of the people, they bring the, the like of this against the people of the Sunnah. They say, when you affirm attributes, you are declaring resemblance between the Creator and the creation, whereas we are declaring the Creator free of any resemblance. That's what they say. That's the excuse they bring. So the Shaykh said, there's a very big difference between the two. 
between ta'til, denying attributes, and between tanzih, declaring him free of resemblance. He said, because at tanzih is that which Allah mentioned in his saying, laysa kamithlihi shay. Surah Ashura, the 42nd Surah, Ayah 11. There is nothing, with the explanation, there is nothing like him. That's tanzih. That is declaring the Creator free of resemblance. Laysa kamithlihi shay. There is nothing like him. Then Shaykh Hazan got the second ayah for Tanzih. Hal ta'lamu lahu samiyya. Surah Maryam, the 19th Surah, Ayah 65. Do you know of anyone, with the explanation, do you know of anyone similar to him? The Shaykh said, This is Tanzih. This is declaring the Creator free of resemblance to the creation, which is mentioned by Allah. And it is to deny resemblance of the creation, any resemblance between the creation and the Creator. Or that the creation is equal to the Creator. That is what Allah, the Majestic and Most High, is declared free of. He is declared free of being of resembling the creation, or being equal to the creation. That's what Allah is declared free of. But as for denying the attributes, this means a different matter. We always need to keep this matter clear. But as for negating, denying the attributes, then that is just ta'atil, just pure denial and negation, negation, which comes about as as a result of tashbih. And here the Shaykh makes an important point as well. But why do they do this? Why do they deny Allah's attributes and, and use the excuse that we want to declare him free of resemblance? Because in their minds, they can't get away from resemblance. They can't get away in their minds from thinking that there is actually resemblance between the Creator and the creation. So when they see the creation of attributes, and then they hear the texts where Allah has attributes, they can't avoid in their minds seeing resemblance. So therefore, they deny Allah's attributes, as the Shaykh said. So they imagine resemblance initially, and then they deny the attributes secondly. Second step, first step in their minds, as soon as they hear a text about Allah's face, his hand, his hearing, his speech, they can't avoid in their minds thinking resemblance. So therefore, they take the second step, they deny the, they deny the attribute, they do ta'atil. <coughs> Sheikh said, and this is not tanzi. This is not declaring the Creator free of resemblance. So there is a difference between tanzi, declaring the Creator free of resemblance, and between ta'atil, denying the attributes. They're not the same thing, and one does not necessitate the other. Then the Sheikh said, the Ash'aris, the Ash'aris came with something astonishing. Even more astonishing than the saying of the Jahmiya. So Shaykh is moving on. He's mentioned what the Jahmiya say. Then the offspring, the Mu'tazila, what they say. The speech of the Qur'an, the speech of Allah, something created. And he mentioned the, the ones who came a bit later. The Ash'aris, the other deviant sect, another deviant sect. So they came, the Ash'aris, they came with something astonishing. Even more surprising than the saying of the Jahmiya. So they said... The speech of Allah is divided into two categories, into two parts. <coughs> the meanings 
and the wording, and the words. The meaning, and the words. So that's what they say. We go to the speech of Allah, they say we have to make a distinction between the word, the meanings, and the words. So they say, the meanings, this is the speech of Allah. The meaning of what is being said, that is the speech of Allah. Just the meaning. And Allah has the attribute that He has speech. And it is the meaning which has existed eternally in Himself. That's what the Ashari say the speech of Allah means. The actual speech of Allah is just a meaning existed, existing in Himself eternally. That's His speech. But as for Allah speaking with letters and with a voice, then this is to be negated. This is to be denied for Allah, in their view. And they say it, his speech, is just a meaning, existing in himself, he, the perfect and most high. As for the words, as for the words, then it is the speech of a created being. Meaning, it is from the speech of Jibreel, or from the speech of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that, in their view, is what the Qur'an is. It's the speech of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa or the speech of Jibreel. They're not exactly sure whose speech it is. The speech of a created being. Speech of Jibreel or speech of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And as for what is actually and truly the speech of Allah, they say it's just a meaning existing in Allah's self eternally. That's the actual and real speech of Allah. As for Allah, He does not speak with letters and with a voice. They, they, they deny that. That's the saying of the Ash'aris. That's why Shaykh al-Fazal said, this saying is even more amazing, more, more surprising than the saying of the Jahmis. The Jahmis just come out and say, no, the speech of Allah is something created. And they take an uh, astonishing course. They, they invented this new uh, fallacy, speech of a speech within oneself that doesn't actually, is not actually spoken. Shaykh al-Fazal said, going on to explain further what they say, he said, so they made the Qur'an to be composed of two things. From something created and from something not created. That's what they hold about the Qur'an. Two parts, two component parts. One created and one not created. So they did not come to be with the Ahlul Sunnah, with the people of the Sunnah. And say that the Qur'an is not created. And they were not with the Jahmiyyah and said that the Qur'an, all of it is created. Rather, they were mudabdabeen, waverers, fence-sitters, neither here nor there. They had, they had a bit of that saying and a bit of this saying. And they invented their own ridiculous saying. Then the Shaykh said, just like the saying of the Christians with regard to the Messiah that he was composed of two things of Allahut and Al-Nasut of the divine and the human so the saying of the Ash'aris they're resembling the saying of the Christians about Isa that he had two natures he was composed of and brought together Two natures, the divine and the human. And they say, and the human and the divine became as one. Became as one. 
Just on a side point here, without going on too long with it, <coughs> the point that Shaykh Al-Fazan is indicating here, that this saying of the Ash'ar is, is like the saying of the Christians with regard to Isa alayhi salam. Then Imam al-Dhahabi, in his book, Sirat Al-Murbala, in volume 11, in the biography of Ibn Kullab, the founder of the what is called the Ash'ari Creed, Ibn Kullab, in his biography, Al-Dhahabi brings something, brings a, a very useful report here. He said, Abu Abbas al-Baghwi said, Faithun, the Christian, said to me, so he brings Abu Abbas al-Baghwi saying what this Christian man said. This man, Faithun, the Christian, he said, May Allah have mercy upon Abdullah. The Ibn Kullab, in other words. The Ibn Kullab had now died. And this Christian started making du'a for him. May Allah have mercy upon this man, Ibn Kullab, the founder of the Ash, what's the Ash'ari belief. <coughs> he said, he used to come to me in the church. And he used to take things from me. And if he had lived, we would have turned the Muslims into Christians. I mean, me and him, me the Christian, and him, Ibn Kullab, the founder of this, what called the Ash'ari we could have turned them, the Muslims into Christians if, if he had just lived. So then it was said to this Christian man, Faithun, what do you say about Al-Masih, about the Messiah, Isa? He said, what the people of your way say about the Qur'an. The same as Ibn Kullab and his followers, the same as they say about the Qur'an, we say about Isa. It's just the same. It's the same point that Shaykh Fawzan makes here. It's composed of a created and an uncreated nature. Divine and non-divine. <clears throat> Let's continue with Sheikh Fawzan's explanation. He said, so in summary, this matter is very great. And do not be intimidated by the traitors. Those who claim that they are from the people of the Sunnah. They claim that they are from the Ahl of Sunnah. And those who say this matter, in the matter whether the Quran is, is created or not created. And they say, this matter does not warrant all of this arguing. And Imam Ahmad was exaggerating. He went beyond the <coughs> limit when he refused to say that the Quran is created. And this matter does not warrant all of this. You'll find some people who say that. Even some people who claim to be people of the Sunnah. They say this Imam, Imam Ahmad. He went beyond the limits. He shouldn't have, you know, there was no, no need for all this. It's just this argument. The Sheikh said, this is present in the writings of some of those who ascribe themselves to knowledge and some who say what happened between Imam Ahmad and his opponents was just a political disagreement. Sheikh Barzan said, but if you carefully reflect, you will find that this matter is not something slight, where the Quran is not created. And Imam Ahmad refusing to accept that, refusing to accept the Quran is created. She said, it's not something slight. If you reflect carefully upon it, you'll see it's not something slight. Because if it is denied that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, then what remains with us? What is that that remains with us? If the Qur'an is not the speech of Allah, what remains with us then? If the Lord has the attribute of speech removed from him, then this, is a, this will be a deficiency in the Lord, the perfect. Because the one who does not speak is not an ilah, is not one who is deserving of worship. 
one who cannot speak, does not deserve worship. And Allah the Perfect, He rebuked the Jews when they worshipped the calf and said, Alam yaraw annahu la yukallimuhum. Surah Al-A'raf, the seventh surah, ayah 148. In the ayah where Allah the Most High refutes the Jews for their worshipping the calf. In the words of refutation and rebuttal were, Alam yaraw annahu la yukallimuhum. With explanation, do they not see that it does not speak to them? That calf, do they not see that it doesn't speak to them? It can't speak to them. Shaykh Fawzan said, So it must be the case that the Lord speaks. It must be the case that the Lord, it must be the case regarding the Lord that He speaks. And He controls, and He commands, and He forbids. So therefore, if speech is negated for Allah, then it would be the case that he is not deserving of divinity, of divinity and the right to worship. High and exalted is Allah above what they say. So this is a tremendous matter. It's not something slight that well, they try and portray. It's not just a slight matter. It doesn't really matter huh? this way or that. It's a very great matter. And therefore, Imam Ahmad rahimahullah, took the stance that he took. The stance of the unshakable mountains. And he would not give in. And he did not make any exception for himself. And he had patience upon the trial. And he had patience upon imprisonment. And upon being lashed. Upon being beaten. And upon being demeaned. By three khalifas. Three caliphs. Al-Ma'moon and Al-Mu'tasim and Al-Wathiq. All of them followed on. Each one of them followed on in succession. Upon torturing him. They wanted him to give in. But he refused, rahimahullah, and he remained firm. And at the end of the time of Al-Wathiq, the last of the three, at the end of his time, it is said that he turned back. Al-Wathiq, the Khalifa, he said that towards the end of Al-Wathiq's time, he turned back from this. When there was a debate between a scholar from the people of the Sunnah and between Bishr al-Marisi, the great heads of innovation, Bishr al-Marisi. A debate happened, and Bishr al-Marisi was defeated. And Bishr al-Marisi was defeated, and at that point, Al-Wathiq, the third one, turned back. The Khalifa turned back from that belief that Quran is creating, from testing the people upon that. In the footnote here, they, men- they mention that story from Sayyid al-Alam and the Bula al-Dahabi. So whoever has a Saudi version, you can read the incident of what happened. Shaykh Fazan says, so in summary... This is a tremendous matter and it is very important and must not be treated lightly. And it may not be said as some of the ignorant people and some of the writers and the intellectuals say or the Ash'aris or those who follow their way they say this is a matter which does not warrant all of this importance and all of these refutations. That's what they say. <coughs> Shaykh Ghazan said, and Imam Ahmad used as proof against them his saying, حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ Surah At-Tawbah, Quran Surah, Ayah 6, with explanation. So that he may hear the speech of Allah. The same ayah that came before. 
than the second ayah that he used. كَذَلِكُمْ قَعَرَ اللَّهُ مِنْ قَبْلُ Surah Al-Fatih, 48th Surah, Ayah 15. The explanation, Thus did Allah say before. Thus did Allah say before. Shaykh Al-Fazan said, قَالَ اللَّهُ Allah said. So he affirmed for himself speech and قَوْل sayings. As for the continuation of the saying of Imam Al-Barbahari, وَتَنْزِيلُهُ that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. وَتَنْزِيلُهُ and his revelation sent down. Shaykh Fawzan said, meaning the Qur'an. He sent it down to his Prophet Muhammad wasallam through the intermediary Jibreel He the Most High said, نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينَ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ لِتَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُنْذِرِينَ بِلِسَانٍ عَرَبِيٍ مُبِينَ Surah Shu'ara, the 26th Surah, Ayahs 193-195 to With the explanation, the trustworthy spirit Jibreel descended with it, with the Qur'an to your heart, to the heart of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that you should be from the warners in a pure or in a clear Arabic tongue a clear Arabic language. Shaykh Bazan said, so this is clear and very apparent. Yet despite this, there are some who come and say, the Qur'an is a created thing, not something sent down. And Allah did not speak with it. And Allah is not described with speech. Shaykh said, high and exalted is Allah above what they say. Despite all of this, despite all these evidences and many more evidences, they still come and say the like of this. He said, His saying, وَنُورُهُ And it is His light. Shaykh Fawzan said, The Qur'an is described as being light. He the Most High said, وَلَكِنْ جَعَلْنَاهُ نُورًا نَهْدِي بِهِ مَنْ نَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِنَا Surah Ash-Shura, 42nd Surah, Ayah 52. The explanation, But rather we made it a light by which we guide whomever we wish, from our servants. Shaykh said, and it is called Ruh, life or spirit. Quran is referred to as being life or spirit. Amrina, Surah Shura, 42nd Surah, Ayah 52, with explanation. And we reveal to you a Ruh by our command, a spirit, life, so on. Refer to the Quran from our command. Shaykh Fawzan said, Ruh, a spirit or life, because the hearts come to life through it, through the Qur'an, just as the bodies come to life through a spirit, through a soul. So it, the Qur'an that is, is a spirit for the hearts, is a soul for the hearts. And the well-known soul is a soul for the bodies. So therefore it, the Qur'an, it is light, and it is a, a spirit, and it is guidance, and it is a reminder, and it is admonition, and it has many names, which shows its greatness. Well, the Shaykh has indicated that principle in Arabic, that that which, has many, that which is very great, something important, then many names are given to it in the Arabic language. <coughs> he said, he's saying, لِأَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَمَا كَانَ مِنَ اللَّهِ فَلَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقِ Because the Qur'an is from Allah, and that which is from Allah is not created. Shaykh Fawzan said, Allah the Majestic and Most High, 
along with his names and his attributes is not created, it's not created then. So he is the creator and everything besides him is something created. And it cannot be said that the names and attributes are created because they are from Allah and that which is from Allah is not created. Meaning that he has, Allah has them as his attributes. So Allah has names and attributes. Or they said, so Allah with his names and his attributes is the creator. And whatever is besides him is created. He's saying, وَهَكَذَا قَالَ مَالِكُ بْنُ أَنَسْ وَأَحْمَدُ بْنُ حَنْبَلْ رَحِمُهُمُ اللَّهِ And likewise, Malik ibn Anas and Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahumullah, may Allah have mercy upon them, said. Shaykh Fawzan said, this is the saying of the Imams. And from them was Malik, the Imam of the abode of Hijrah, in the abode, I mean, Imam Malik, Imam of al Madina, And Imam Ahmad, the one who was tortured for that, and was harmed, may Allah have mercy upon him. And he had patience. And others besides them from the Imams of the Ahl Sunnah. This was their saying. As a quick side point here, and with regard to these two sayings, then Imam from this, the saying of Imam Malik, Allah Likai reports in his book, Asul Itikad Ahl Sunnah, from Abu Uwais, who said, I heard my maternal uncle Malik ibn Anas, Imam Malik, and a group of the scholars mentioned the Quran, and they said, It is the speech of Allah. And it is from him. And there is nothing from him which is created. And from, with regard to the saying of Imam Ahmad, then Imam Ahmad, he said in his book, Asul al-Sunnah, and the Quran is the speech of Allah, and it is not created. And a person should, be, should not be too weak to say, it is not created. He said, because the speech of Allah is not something separate from him. And there is nothing from him that is created. And back to what Imam Shaykh Razan said, the last, uh, last page of what Shaykh Razan said, he said, he's saying, وَمَنْ قَبْلَهُمَا مِنَ الْفُقَهَاءِ وَمَنْ بَعْدَهُمَا And whoever came before them from the jurists, the scholars of fiqh, and whoever came after them, he said, meaning, Imam Malik and Imam Ahmad were not alone in this, in this saying. Rather, it was said by those who came before them, from the companions of the tabi'een, and the successes of the tabi'een and whoever came after them from the imams and the final part of the statement is saying kufr, and, dis- and disputation about it is kufr is disbelief again there's a small side point there's a hadith which clearly directly states this a hadith reported by Abu Dawood this hadith 4603 declared Hassan Sahih good authentic by Shaykh Albani from Abu Huraira, from the Prophet sallallahu he said, Al-mira'u fil Qur'an, kufr. Disputation about the Qur'an is disbelief. Shaykh Abazan said in explanation, disputing about the Qur'an, whether it is something created, or whether it is something not created, or a person having doubts <coughs> and saying, I don't know. There is disagreement about the matter. As people say now, so a manifestation has now appeared where they say the matter is khilafiyah. There's disagreement about the matter. <coughs> Sheikh Bazan said. So we say when there is disagreement 
then what is to be followed is the delil, is the proof. We were not given the, the duty in the religion of having to follow disagreements of the people and sayings of the people. We have been given the duty in the religion of following the delil, of following the proof. So when there is khilaf, when there is disagreement, we test the disagreement against the proof. And whatever is found to be supported by the proof, then it is the truth. And whatever is contrary to the proof, then it is al-batil, false. And Allah did not abandon us to opinions and sayings and disagreements. Rather, He said, فَإِنْتَنَازَعْتُمْ فِي شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُ Surah An-Nisa, 4th Surah, Ayah 59, with the explanation. So if you disagree about anything, then refer it back to Allah and to, and to the Messenger. Then he quotes the ayah, وَمَا اخْتَلَفْتُمْ فِيهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَحُكْمُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ ذَلِكُمُ اللَّهُ رَبِّي عَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْتُ وَإِلَيْهِ أُنِيبُ Surah Al-Shura, the 42nd Surah, Ayah 10, with the explanation. And whatever you disagree about, then its judgment is to be referred back to Allah. That is Allah, my Lord. Upon Him I place my reliance, and to Him I turn constantly. Shaykh Bazan finished by saying, so it is obligatory to refer back to the book of Allah and to the sunnah of His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And whatever is supported by proof is to be taken. And whatever is contrary to the proof is to be left. And as for the person who takes a saying, which conforms, as for the person who just takes the saying, which conforms to his desires or his whims, even if it goes against the proof, then he is dalun, and he is one who is astray. And this one is worshipping his own desires. As for the person who is worshipping Allah, then he takes that which is supported by the proof from the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, ashadu an la ilaha illa wa astaghfirullah.